This is Rob Tubber for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted to be joined by Shane McGuigan here today down at the University of Kent. How are you, Shane? Good, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, in prep for Campbell versus Garcia. Off the back of uh, Akoli versus Jazuski. Uh, so, yeah, happy. Jazuski, but you didn't have much time to learn his name because he was out of there in a couple of rounds. Let's talk about Lawrence Akoli's performance before we move on and talk about other stuff. Uh, very impressive in getting rid of Nikodem Jazuski in two rounds on the AJ Pulev undercard. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good, looked different. Um, my magic. Um, no, he, uh, no, he looked good. I think he, he's, he's been showing a lot of improvements in camp. Yeah, he's been trying to maintain the gap, maintain that distance, not smother his, uh, his right hand. And I think, uh, I think it's showing. I think as you see him step up the level, I think he'll, he, needs, he knows he needs to change his, uh, change his ways and, and get out of his old habits. And uh, I think it's kind of turned the corner, so I'm really happy with it. Must be nice to get some some positive feedback on Lawrence. Not not just necessarily talking about the time that you've spent with Lawrence, but we know about Lawrence's previous fights. He'd be the first to admit that the Matty Askin fight, the Isaac Chamberlain fights, were hardly Gatty Ward. Um, <laughs> but now he's he's kind of looking like he's putting together what you've been seeing in the gym over a period of about eighteen months. You've been together now, so it must be very pleasing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, he's never going to be a guy that's going to be blocking and countering and you know having those tip for tap sort of fights. Um, but he, he needs to make sure he doesn't let people smother him uh, and then he also doesn't smother his own work. So um, he's aware of that. He's had lot, lots of good preparation. Really frustrating that Glowacki wasn't, wasn't in the uh, cor other corner the other night because I really feel like that Lawrence Okoli beats, beats them all at 200 pounds. Um, it's a bold statement, you know, but, but I, I just do. I, I feel he's really... Getting getting to grips with it, still got plenty plenty to learn. He still needs to work on certain shots, and still needs to bring his left hook into play a little bit more uh, from a from a mechanical sort of uh, standpoint. Sometimes he throws it a bit lazy, but no, his, his balance and his jab was a lot better. Um, and yeah, I think you know, it's you can't call him a novice. You know, like you can't. <laughs> People always say that, and it frustrates me whenever I hear other professional fights. Oh, I've only had this amount of fights and that amount of fights. It's, but he is still relatively fresh to the game, uh, and you know there's still lots of lots of learning to do. So um, physically, he, I'd say he's probably in, in the best shape of his life as well. He looked quite lean. Um, he put a lot of weight on over lockdown, and and it it was. I thought it was going to be a struggle to get the weight off, but no, it fell off him. But on the scales, he looked he looked really like cut up and uh, was really disciplined for this one. So, yeah, excited about what sort of hold what the future holds for him. Um, and you know, I just think I think he's an absolute handful. Those are kind of the physical and obviously the technical improvements that we've seen in him. But talk to us a little bit about Lawrence Okoli's mentality. You mentioned there about Christoph Glavatsky, you know, world title fight, Anthony Joshua undercard. The fact that that had to be pulled at such a last minute, you know, more often than not, would be massively damaging to a fighter's psychological state going into the fight. It wasn't that for Lawrence Okoli. And, you know, I've, I've met Lawrence and I've, I, I see Lawrence in the gym, but to other people who potentially don't know Lawrence, yeah. speak about his mentality and just what that says about him, not just that, but the time that you've worked with him 
Yeah, I think he handles he handles things really well. Um, and there's a few other things that went on behind closed doors that weren't that weren't uh, what what he would have liked. So, um, you know, he, he he just he adjusted to it and just sort of, you know, that the being also in a bubble, being out of his comfort zone as well. Um, and you know, I think he. Uh, you know, he just took it in his stride and just got on with it. And it's frustrating because he was out of the ring since uh, October, the, I think it was October the 23rd, which was his last one, so over a year. Um, and, you know, he waited that time to get on that AJ card, to get that world title fight. And whatever it was, 10 days out or something, or eight days out, you know, we heard the, the devastating news that Glowacki um, had been pulled so and got COVID. Um, and also, you know, he'd put a lot of money into the budget in for the sparring. He spent loads of money on bringing people over and uh, and getting that and getting that sort of southpaw style. And <laughs> next thing, they were boxing a guy completely different. But he adapted to it really well. And I think those are certain things that you know, um, having 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 a, a mature sort of team around you as well can help because. Uh, boxing and these things these things happen all the time and you just got to get on, get on with it and deal with it where does it leave him now of course his next fight will be for the wbo uh, cruiserweight title against christoph davatsky any indication as to when that could potentially land yeah i think we're looking at february i mean i'd like it as as soon as possible really uh we got to see the extent of uh of it's kind of like how people come back from from covid um it's kind of a Everyone's different, and you know, Luke. Luke, it didn't really affect him at all. Um, so sometimes it, sometimes it does. It sort of affects your lung capacity and stuff. So we'll, we'll see. But I think February, February, March could be a good uh, indication of, of the dates that we're looking at. Okay, and before we move on, let's talk about the main event on that card: Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev. Uh, Joshua wins by ninth round knockout. Quite an entertaining fight, I thought. Thought he looked. Yeah, I thought it was entertaining. I thought he could have got him out of there a bit earlier. Was it the third round he had him down? You know, like, uh, yeah. Um, I thought it would have gone four to six. Um, and, you know, I, th- like, I thought AJ would be quite, quite cautious early. Um, and, then, and then start, once he got to him, start, you know, sort of go through the gears. Uh, and and that, necessarily, that, that wasn't necessarily the case. You know, he had a good round in the third and then he sort of switched off a lot and let him, let him back into the fight a little bit which I just don't think he should be doing at this stage of his career. He should be, you know, if you've got a guy hurt, you should, you know, I hope that the Andy Ruiz, Ruiz fight um, hasn't knocked his confidence in terms of like going through the, the gears and finishing because that's something that's always made him uh, a huge force. And he sort of looks like he's caught between styles. Um, and that's 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 never a good sign, um, you know. Looking at looking at Tyson Fury, he's really coming into his own uh, with with, with uh, Sugar Hill. He's looking like a real uh, like he's really like assured of his style, and he's obviously he's uh, he's sort of mauling people a little bit more, and but he's getting his feet going, and he's looking really he's looking really good, and he's looking really confident within himself, and kind of does look like AJ is like. It's good for him to get that knockout, but he needs to, 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 you know, in my opinion, he needs to go back to being a little bit tighter with his, with his hand defences because he doesn't have that vision that that those elusive fighters have. You know what I mean? And and something that makes him so uh, such a big force is that he can generate 
power on any plane and I, like being loose and languid like that some, sometimes will take away from that that um that punching power so um i just think you know for him to beat fury he needs to work on slipping closing the gap punching in combination and um and just being ruthless um so i'm um yeah i i thought good performance picked out some lovely shots used his height well uh, but he's trying too many things out and whether that's just him getting back into the flow then you know that that so be it but you know i feel like he he works better when he's uh, when he's a little bit tighter uh, with his hand defenses and um, and he's punching in, in combination and he's ruthless because that's what makes him such a such a phenomenal force Let's just touch upon that because a lot of the talk after the fight or even in the build-up to the fight was about what type of AJ we were going to see and you know what style, particularly after the Ruiz rematch, were we going to see in this fight. How much do you think of it is, I mean, the word that's been kind of thrown around is evolution of AJ or how much do you think is it, is it him potentially still the effects of the Ruiz rematch? And also, I mean, you mentioned the third round against Kubrat Pulev. How much of that was him taking his foot off the gas or how much of that was him potentially blowing himself out a little bit in the third round and being wearing of gassing? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, that was a lot of questions, but yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think he's definitely aware of getting too getting too greedy with shots, throwing too many combinations uh, and, uh, and sort of being, you know, and, and, and sort of getting caught like he did against Andy Ruiz. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that process, but for, for him to be a back foot boxer against a, 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 a boxer is never going to work. <laughs> you know, if it, if it comes down to a jabbing and foot fest against, uh, uh, you know, footwork fest against... Um, against Tyson Fury, he's going to come up second, second best. Do you know what I mean? Like the natural fighter of the two is Fury. So he needs to, uh, he, he, you know, he needs to be able to work on closing the gap, staying tight with his hands. Um, he might have to block, might have to take a few shots to get himself inside. But once he's in there, he needs to be able to throw combination after combination. And that's that's going to be the the style. If you try and sit back and throw big singles like Deontay Wilder did, you, you you're not going to beat Fury. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's 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 got so much pressure on his shoulders. You know, he's got so many people, you know, expecting from him. He's got an entourage of about 60 people. So you know, he's got a lot on his shoulders he's got sky tv and box office that are all there he's got loads of fans same goes for for fury but i feel like fury is just a little bit more in his own mindset he's like do you know what fuck it i'll just that's just who i am i'll, I'll do i'll do my best or I'll, you know and doesn't really overanalyze things um and it looks a little bit from the outside like he's overanalyzing a little bit and you know that's that's a bad position to to put yourself in trust trust the process trust your trust the decision making trust the you know the coach and, and that's another thing he's, you know i know he's got three pad men at the moment and that like sometimes that can be contrasting uh contrasting thing i think listen to i mean obviously rob mccracken's the main voice so to so, so put your faith in him and listen to him and make sure those other two guys are on the same page now you've always picked Anthony Joshua when we've asked about Joshua versus Fury um, 
did anything that you saw the other night change your mind or, or does it depend on the style so to speak if the Anthony Joshua that box the other night boxes Tyson Fury I think Tyson Fury beats him um, if the AJ that boxed earlier on against you know the uh, what's his, what was his name the tall South African uh, the tall uh, um, uh, not Molina the fight Brazil. afterwards yeah Dominic uh, Dom Brazil I feel like if he, if that guy gets gets in there I think he, he beats him so um, yeah I just you know off, off you're only as good as the last fight and off the last fights so I'm changing my mind I'm going to go to Tyson Fury Changing your mind, a boxing social exclusive indeed. Yeah. Um, moving on, we saw him in the gym today. Um, I've seen him an awful lot recently, but we haven't seen him in the ring yet. Luke Campbell against Ryan Garcia. We're a matter of weeks away. Um, excited? Yeah, really excited. Um, yeah, he's doing really well. He's got Dalton Smith down here sparring, who's a really talented uh, kid. He's got um, Adam Azim as well, um, who's an 18-year-old very hot prospect, um, 1-0, uh, real super, super fast kids, do you know what I mean? Two of them are coming in fresh. So this is the, this is the worst week possible because it's the most amount of rounds you're going to be doing in sparring and your body's starting to bring its weight down and all of those weeks training previously are lumped into this one. So you're, you're feeling, a bit, feeling a bit fatigued and stuff. So get this week out of the way and then, um, then we're going to do one more spar here and then we'll fly to the States. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of come around quite quick, to be honest. Like, you know, obviously, December the, the 5th got rescheduled to January the 2nd. And, um, you know, Luke just sort of obviously had a few weeks out with, uh, with COVID and stuff. And I think it was two and a half weeks or something. But did lose a little bit of his fitness. Uh, but it's all, it's all back now. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, I think the delays actually helped him a little bit, to be honest. Um, and also for our own prep with, with Lawrence and stuff, it was always going to be quite a strange one because going out to the States and then he would have potentially had to go, gone out a week earlier with Josh. I'd have missed a few, a few days training him and then, and then come out. So, uh, yeah, it's all weirdly worked out for the, for the better. But he's in a really good mindset. He's in a really good place. And, um, yeah, we, you know, we don't know how good Ryan Garcia is yet. But, um, you know, I feel like, People also don't understand how good Luke Campbell is. I don't think he's shown his uh, his true potential yet. We've heard uh, Ryan Garcia the last probably couple of weeks in particular really start to ratchet it up a little bit when it comes to the uh, the trash talking. Now I know from the look on your face that you'd have certainly heard that. What do you make of his recent comments? I, you know, I just feel like he's is a guy being filled with a lot of you know a lot of shite to be honest. Uh, a lot of people are, are in his ear and, and he really believes his own height. Um, listen, he's a talented kid. He's got fast hands. He's got a good timing to go with the speed. Um, we know, we know how, how sort of devastating his punching power can be. And, uh, but he's been boxing at such a low level. In England, there's southern area sort of level and then there's domestic level and then there's European and then there's fringe world level. Would, then there would be world championship status and then there's the elite level and the elite level is the Canelos the Lomachenkos and even Linares was a three-weight world champion he would be, have been considered an elite world champion um, 
And, you know, Ryan Garcia has been boxing nobody. He's been boxing guys that are blowing up featherweights, walking into him, and he's just been taking them out. Um, there's not one guy that Ryan Garcia has knocked out that Luke Campbell wouldn't knock out, you know, and do it in exactly the same fashion. Um, whereas if you put Ryan Garcia in against even a durable Yvonne Mendy, do I think he would knock him out? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, Yvonne Mendy went 10 rounds or 12 rounds with Victor Postel at light, at light welterweight early on in his career. You know, he's a hard, hard lad. Um, and, you know, I just, I think the sort of caliber that, that Luke has boxed at is, even though Argenis Mendes, um, you know, former world champions like Darlis Perez and stuff like that, like, you know, Luke's been boxing these guys that are former world champions and, you know, and he's been, pick, you know, picking them off and, and winning. So, um, Ryan Garcia's box nobody. You know, he's, he looks the part, for sure. We don't know how good he is. He could surprise everybody and be an absolute standout. But to date, he's just been boxing guys that are, that are far, you know, like far too small for him. Starters, they're blowing up featherweights and he's just, he's taken them out. So you can't really read into a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, it's going to be a really dangerous fight early and he's really believing his own hype. And I love that from a coach. I love the fact that he's believing his own hype and he goes and fills himself with all this confidence because once you know once those four or five rounds are done and he's hitting fresh air then uh, he'll be in a real hard place you know and he thinks that Luke's got pit pity patty punches we'll see because Luke can really thump um, you know so he might be in for a big shot uh, I know you well enough to know that you'll also be looking forward to pitting your wits against uh, Eddie Reynoso who I know you have an awful lot of respect for yeah definitely um but Eddie Reynoso has got a huge fight this weekend that might have, you know, taken a lot of his attention. You know, do I think they've done their homework? I'm not sure if they've done their homework on Luke Campbell. I mean, it's quite easy to chuck into YouTube and see the first Yvonne Mendy fight and think, well, look, he's getting pushed back, he's getting hit, he's been dropped. Like, but the second one's not on it, you know? Um, and, you know, there's highlights of Linares and there's like you can go on daily motion and you can see the full fight but if you're if you're ignorant to the process you'll look at that and think oh well Linares dropped him <laughs> fucking you know Ryan Garcia is a harder puncher than Linares so if he hit him with that same shot bang he's out you know but but what did Luke Campbell do when he got up from Linares he got up and fought back and arguably could have won the fight if it had been in, in the UK you know I think I think it was a 6-6, but then the, the knockdown favoured Linares. But, you know, some people thought it could have been 7-5 with Luke, but obviously with, with a knockdown. So, you know, it's a very close fight. And that was a prime, that was a prime Linares, a guy with fuller confidence and firing on all cylinders. So uh, I'm not sure Eddie Reynosa has really, in, like, put his full focus into, into Ryan Garcia. And if that's the case then they've bit off more than they can chew. Well, as you mentioned, he does have a pretty big fight coming up this weekend. Canelo Alvarez versus Callum Smith. Um, again, another fight that's kind of crept up on us. Um, it's only been announced a few weeks ago. What are your thoughts on the fight this Saturday in Texas? 
it's, a, it's an intriguing fight. I think the size is, is huge. Um, it's not the first time that that Canelo has been up against it with size. Obviously, Kovalev and then Rocky Fielding as well. Um, but Rocky Fielding got disposed in what was it, one or two rounds? Yeah, I think it was a round by by Callum, and then um, and obviously Canelo took him three rounds or four rounds or something. So uh, yeah, he, he he wasn't he wasn't much of a test for either of them. So I, but he looked good against Kovalev, but. Kovalev was a little bit shock-worn, you know. He had a lot of hard fights. It's no secret that he likes his alcohol as well. Um, and, you know, were, were we seeing the, the, the Sergei Kovalev that came over here and knocked out Nathan Cleverly in, in a handful of rounds? Do you know what I mean? No, that's, that guy was long gone. So, um, and Anthony Yard sort of proved that, you know, that he, had, he, he wasn't... He wasn't uh, he wasn't his old force whenever he boxed him. So um, Callum Smith is going to pose a lot more problems because he's in his prime. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's been in, you know, he hasn't boxed since what, was it June? No, so I was, hasn't boxed since Ryder. When was that? November? I think it was November the 20th. Yeah, late, late November because uh, Chris was on that card. Um, and didn't look, too, didn't look too good in it. Yeah, he didn't look very good against Ryder. So... But he's the kind of guy that steps up to the occasion and boxes, you know, like Nicky Holson, the fight before George, and then against George, he looked, yeah, he looked much better. So, um, you know, when he's put when he's put under the pressure, he look he, he performs, and you know, I think I think he'll cause a lot of problems uh, for Canelo early on. But I think Canelo might hit him with some decent body shots early, slow him down, and I think he'll probably get to him in in the second half, like ten rounds maybe. Lots been made of the size difference, the very obvious size difference. Uh, the two came face to face a couple of days ago for the first time. You've prepared, as you mentioned, George Groves to box Callum Smith. What is it like looking at Callum Smith when you when the, you come together in the middle of the ring for referees' instructions? Just how big is he on fight night? He's huge. He is. He is. He's massive. I, I looked across the ring in Saudi, and I was like, it looked like we were boxing a cruiserweight, like someone that Chris would box, <laughs> Lawrence would box. It's massive because he's broad, um, but his height might actually be a, a detriment to him because Canelo is so short that he's almost gonna, he might bring himself down to try and get down to his level. Um, and Canelo's got such good head movement and pushes you back with his head movement. He sort of slips in and he's got such a good chin that he's forcing you to throw. Um, and you know, I don't. I don't know. I think the size difference. I'm not sure it will play that big of a uh, of a part for for Smith. Smith's good because he he boxes. He can box short as well. But his short is effectively someone's mid to long range. Do you know what I mean? Because he is so big. So um, it's, an, it's an exciting fight. I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope for Joe Gallagher, Eddie's, and and Callum and. Already, and all the team um, sake that Callum can stamp his authority early in the fight and, and get some form of respect, um, because you know he's a he's he's nice he's a nice guy, Callum, and I, I wish him all the best.
Okay, well, before I let you go, let's have a little quick rundown of the rest of the McGuigan's Gym stable. Uh, just caught up with Chris Billum-Smith. Of course, we were supposed to see him box for the British title before Christmas. That didn't happen. What's the latest with him? Do we, do we have any idea when he's going to return to the ring? Yeah, we're looking at end of January, um, potentially early Feb. It's supposed to be scheduled to box Dion Juma, but Dion Juma, they said he had laser eye surgery. But I think if we would... We've been digging a bit deeper in it, and it looks like it's some retina tear and some retina um, damage. So, with that being said, I'm not sure if um, if he's going to be fit to box early next year. So, yeah, we're, 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 I think we're, we're look, actively looking at other opponents now. Um, so, um, that's that's the that's the latest. He's he's just sparred today. He's just done six rounds. So he's first week back in the gym. He's obviously. Next week we're away, but uh, he'll keep himself ticking over and then uh, he'll hit the ground running on, on January the 4th when I'm back. So, uh, yeah, I need to get him active next year. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's, really, he's really looking better, better now. So he's obviously had the, he had the one fight, which a lot of people haven't had fights in, in, since lockdown. So he's been lucky to get out, but um, it wasn't much of a test against Nathan Thorley. And I think, you know, we did a camp for Dion Juma and then two weeks out, you know, we found out that he he wasn't you know he had, had eye injury and we couldn't find anybody of a late late replacement. So domestically, I want him still still sort of stay at that domestic level, um, and then you know by the tail end of next year, I want him to sort of push on to European or or even you know Tommy McCarthy's European champion. I believe he beats him, but you know not if he does box Tommy Tommy McCarthy and and win. I wouldn't want him to push on straight up to world level yet yeah, I want him to stay at that level and, and uh, keep learning and keep building because yeah, he only had 43 amateur fights and, and that's not you know that's, that's, that's not a lot so he's, uh, he's developing really quick and uh, keep him learning before we push on. Anthony Fowler I think this is one of the first times since you started working with Anthony Fowler I've come to the gym and he's not been here um, where is he what's he up to and what to expect next for him? He's in Lanzarote or Lanzagrotti. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just taking a bit, bit of time out. I mean, he booked a holiday thinking that I was, we were going to go um, to the States. We were scheduled to be boxing in California, and then it just changed last minute. Thank you very much, Golden Boy. Uh, that's, uh, it was a bit of a, bit of a frustration uh, from our part, but it doesn't really matter anyway. At least we get a crowd, so it's, it's going to be good for Luke because... You know, for him, as he said a few times before, you know, boxing in 20,000 packed out arena, that's the last time he's boxed. And now he's and then going into an empty, empty arena would have been quite weird. So, yeah, it's kind of worked out in his favor. But, you know, Fowler's gone out to Lanzarote, just doing a bit of tick over training. And uh, he's gone for a holiday with his with his um, with his missus. And, uh, yeah, he'll come back. Look, he's also looking at end of January, potentially early Feb. So we're looking at some some options. Um, Fitzgerald is apparently boxing in February, so we'll either have one and then and then go straight in, or maybe we just ask for for that fight straight off the bat. If it was me, I'd rather him just jump straight into it, you know. But um, yeah, I you know with with Fowler, I think you know we can get caught up hanging around domestic level, whereas I really want him just to crack on and box Sergio Garcia for the European title and just you know um, and just take that step on because hanging around for a guy that 
that he's playing with the game in Fitzgerald. I mean, you know, he's a great character, seems like a nice guy, but his head's away with it, you know, and, and you don't want to hold your career up trying to get revenge of, of a fight that was close and, he, you know, he, he didn't perform his best. And last, but of course by no means least, Alfie Price. Uh, again, I can't remember the last time I come to the gym and Alfie Price wasn't here. Uh, he's been working very hard behind the closed doors with yourself. Um, same thing, where is he? What's he doing? And when can we expect to see him again? Alfie's got a uh, sca- scaffolding company, so he's, uh, he's, he's working away this week. He's keeping his, his wages down by, by, uh, by working himself. So understandable. I said, look, you know, make, make some... Uh, make some cash and stuff before Christmas and, and, and head off, mate, do you know what I mean? He's done a lot of developing, as, as we said, behind closed doors, and um, Eddie and, and Frank Smith at, at Matchroom, they sort of said, look, there's nothing till the new year, we've got so many fighters that we need to get out. Uh, we'll have some word in the new year about some dates and stuff, so I want to get him a you know, three or four fight contract with, uh, with Matchroom and, um, and sort of, yeah, like let him off the leash, really, because he's going to move down to super featherweight and there's a lot of domestic fights there for, for him and he knows he's willing to take the fights. He's, he doesn't need to be, uh, doesn't need to be fed uh, opponents that he's more than capable of winning. He wants to jump in and box the top guys um, and get straight stuck into the mix. So it's going to be an exciting 2021 for the, for the gym. You much prefer to work with fighters that way, though, don't you? you, you you're not one for tick-overs, or you're not no. one for soft touches, are you? No. That's right. I, I, I just... What's the point, you know? Like, this is, a short, this is a short career. You may as well get yourself up to that top level as quick as possible, because that's where... That's, that's going to change their life, you know? And you can, you can waste yourself away training, in training camps, sparring... And, I mean, it's pretty common knowledge that you get a lot of injuries and you get a lot of wear and tear on your body through the training camps. So you may as well make those training camps for something, you know, and have that constant progression that you're going through and you're stepping up. Um, I mean, you know, Taylor was what world champion in 14 fights and because he was more than capable of doing it. He was a unified champion within 16 fights. It's, you know, it, that's, that was always our, our method to sort of push guys on. Um, you know, and and if they're if they're able to do it, you should do it because once you get them up to the top level, that's that's where the gravitas is. That's where that's where the the best part of boxing is. It's uh, big fights, excitement, and that's what all of these guys get in the gym for. They don't get in the gym to box fucking journeyman after journeyman that they that they know that they can beat. You know, a lot of the guys come from the amateur setup where they're boxing Russians. Uzbeks, Cubans, you know, Americans and stuff, top, top quality kids. And then they just, they were like, then they get in here and they're boxing guys with 40 losses, 50 losses, and they could literally close one eye and beat them, you know, and put one hand behind their back and, and win. It's like, that's, that's not going to, not going to progress them at all. Um, and really it's just wasting their, <laughs> wasting their future. You look at, you know, Devin Haney, Javante Davies. These guys are millionaires by the time they're 22, 23. You know, uh, Devin Haney's even even younger than that. So, uh, you know, you've got to you, you, you've got to push on and get yourself up to that top level as quick as possible because that's what this this game's hard enough. You may as well put it towards, you know, 
making sure that you get you get to your destination faster than uh, obviously there's a line where you know, like if you look at Connor Ben like he he had no amateur experience so doing the right thing you know even someone like Scott Quigg I remember he had like 24 25 fights or something before he boxed for many titles and it, because he, he had limited experience so that's another way of doing it but they both turn pro young but if if these guys are turning pro at 24 25 years of age they need to get there fast because they're in, they they don't want to be in their peak years boxing journeyman okay um, Shane, always a pleasure. Thanks very much for having me down to the lovely University of Kent. Shout out the University of Kent, as always. Big it up. Um, thanks very much for speaking to Boxing Social. I won't see you before, so travel safely over to Texas, not California. Don't get on the wrong plane. Um, and I yeah, will speak to you while you're out there. Thanks, mate. I'll, uh, you'll probably get an interview with me wearing a cowboy hat or something. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. Look forward to it. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Love you.